good realtor will spend three hours a day calling? This is not your typical boring real estate show. This is real estate marketing redefined, uncensored, and unedited in what's working today in the market minus the fluff. This is Real Estate Marketing Dude, because just having a license isn't enough. Now, please welcome your host, the unprofessional professional, Mike Cuevas. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. <laughs> What's up, ladies and gentlemen? We're here with another episode uh, with a good friend of mine, and we're going to talk about something that is very relevant to today's day and age. And it's all going to be about why we should all really be like embracing investors. And I don't know why we haven't embraced investors in the last 20 or 30 years prior to this, but I believe that embracing investors and working with versus and guests has always been the key. One of the things that always really sort of, I've always been puzzled with is how the hell does a rehabber or a wholesaler get more listings than the average agent? And you have a wholesaler or a rehabber actually like going in and finding properties and lots of them for pennies on the dollar. And yet we can't get a realtor to actually get a listing at full price. Right? So the question is, is why is that the case? And a lot of times is that these wholesalers and whatnot are just better marketers than you guys are. And they have a better value proposition that you don't. So what we wanted to do was uh, bring on probably one of the most outside the box uh, thinkers, someone I've got to know very well over the last couple of years. I don't know even know why the hell he hasn't been on the show before, but we're sitting there. We're like, bro, we should probably have you on the show. Um, and his name is Mr. Andrew Greer. So let's go ahead and introduce Andrew to the show. Andrew, go ahead and uh, I'm Andrew. Hey, how's everyone doing? Uh, Andrew Greer here, coming to you live from an investment property, an Airbnb, actually. Uh, and yeah, excited to talk about it. Uh, how to embrace investors? How to work with investors? Uh, why we like your deals and uh, I can also go over why I think some wholesalers win and how you can just incorporate that straight into your model. And Andrew's, Andrew's an agent, but I mean, Andrew is really, really smart by knowing virtually everything around the investing space. And he really does have like an unfair advantage over other realtors because he knows more things than most realtors don't. Things like zoning, things like highest and best use, things like cap rates, things like cash on cash return, things like how to create an Airbnb cash flow rental business. So it's those types of things that I think really is what builds the value of a realtor today. And it's things that it's no longer, should I learn about it? I believe you have to, and I don't think you have a choice. Andrew, let's get started on this. Yeah. How do you, first off, Andrew always has listings. Andrew always has deals. So I want to just start from the beginning. How do you always have business? <laughs> um, yeah, no. So a uh, big way I do a lot of our business is one, I do work with a lot of agents. So I get a lot of my business from agents bringing me deals. I make more money, quite frankly, off of my investments than I do off my listings. But uh, one of the biggest ways I do it is through networking. And I'm going to break it down in my realtor space networking and then how I do it in real life for getting leads. And a big thing is I do a monthly networking event that gets me in front of as many investors and realtors in the space. And that means two things. If there's deals coming through, those realtors know they can talk to me and bring them to me and I can look at them and I can get first bid at them. Yep. or give them information because I know a lot of information about zoning. The other thing it does is I can create an advantageous between investors and realtors, which means that I also get to 
make a connection with an agent or connect an investor with somebody. Maybe I get a fee off of it. Maybe I don't, but I create relationships constantly. And that's just a big part of it. Now in the business side, I like to connect to people that are well connected in the community. Um, one of the ways I do this is through throwing a network event at a local business, primarily breweries, getting to know the owners, getting to know them, helping them out with their business, doing marketing for them with my event, bringing people in, and then staying on top of being their real estate guy. And I've been focusing really hard and I've actually seen pretty quick success with it on connecting with people, connecting with them on Instagram, and then just giving them high value content posts. Um, I don't take the best pictures. I don't have like, a fa- I don't have a great squat, so I don't have a great ass. I can't really <laughs> sell that on Instagram. So I have to give like real estate knowledge is my, uh, is my value add. And once I can bring them into my network and do it that way and have calls to action on my posts, I actually get contacts that way. It's kind of crazy. But what you're doing is no differently than what a realtor should do. So you have monthly networking events and you're just networking with realtors because they're a source of business. But regardless of what type of business you're in, you guys, what Andrew understands is that he's building an audience of relationships. And then he's leveraging those relationships for other people based upon whom they know and or whatnot. But his one audience is based upon referrals. So I've seen Andrew's events. He has these brewery uh, meetups. How many people come to each of these events once a month on average? Oh, we're having about a hundred each time right now, but I get, um, so I was going through it today. I had over 10,000 impressions in something like 1200 or 1300 30 second views on my video for it because I run ads on it. That just makes me a familiar face to the community, which is huge. So when they see me doing this, then they see me, uh, I just did a video for a development and then they see me talking about wanting to know about the zoning on their home. I just, I'm just putting those little notches in the brain where eventually when it's time to actually be there, I'm at the top. Yep. So branding, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no realtors are, well, some realtors are, but a lot of realtors don't understand at this point is that um, this is no differently than like dating you guys is especially in Andrew's business. I believe that is it safe to say Andrew that you have to have a better level of trust than more people because you're dealing with very high risky investments. Therefore oh, yeah. your brand has to be trusted more than I would think even a realtors because you are the guy that bails a lot of people out. So the brand for you is very important that you know, you're got to be represented as someone that could get shit done. Let's switch gears a little bit. I want to get into the marketing side and just in general. So one of the things, um, and I'll explain it this way, a friend of mine that moved from Lubbock, Texas to Chicago, uh, he since has passed, unfortunately, but he used to be, his name is Michael Kleinstub. And I remember when he came into Chicago, it was about 2012. He's a wholesaler and he was a short sale guy. So he's an investor that looks for properties to buy and flip. What ended up happening to him was uh, he gets into the market, he comes into a foreign territory, doesn't know anyone in Chicago, and he starts just doing his direct mail marketing um, he's going after distressed assets and or whatnot. And literally, he ended up accidentally getting his real estate license only because about one in 10 deals was working for him. But the other nines were just listing leads. Mind you, this is a guy who never sold a house as a realtor ever. He's been an investor for his whole life. So literally, no BS. He calls me like 30 days later after he gets his license. He's like, Mike, I got like six listings. What the fuck do I do with these? How do I sell them? I'm just like, what do you, wait, what? You have six listings and no database, no SOI, because this is why folks, 
There is not a better script for conversion than when you meet somebody and you come in initially saying either I have a buyer for their house and they want more money. And the script is very simple. Ready? I'll just list it for you if you want to maximize it. But if you want me to sell really fast, then fucking I'll just buy it right now. Andrew, is there a better script than that? <laughs> no, no. The, it, it, and it, it's funny because I go through the process. Big part of our pitch is this is what I can offer you. This is what's available to you. Or this is another route we can go. There's some people that'll just say, I wanted to sell it for that discount price. I'm fine. That's what I want to do. There's other people that want to list it and want to go full bore. Now, if you're explaining to them going into it that they're going full bore and they're listing that way, do you think you can negotiate a better commission split for yourself? Yes. It's, I mean, it's not even the, the, you, you set yourself up for success by coming in with all of the knowledge, educating and then presenting options. Now you don't want to option yourself to death. You know, oh, I got a subject to, I got an owner carry, I got that. Da, da, da. You don't want to do that. You need to listen, ask intelligent questions, get intelligent feedback, and then supply them with the information. And being able to be like the iBuyer, it cracks me up. Zillow's like changing the world because they're coming in and buying houses cash. And, and I, I'm just sitting here going, that wheel has been over there forever. It's still just a wheel. You guys just need to market it too. It's, it's the same thing. Find a guy like me. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's like, how do we, everyone's scared about Zillow. Keller Williams is going to have offers. Everyone's going to have offers. And the reason why, um, like let's take Zillow, for example, I don't believe the value in Zillow's platform is in buying the leads or in, in buying the properties. I believe they're going after the fucking seller leads because that's, that's ultimately, that's ultimately the buyer. And it's because we are so too short sighted to actually look and realize that. Like everyone wants seller leads and obviously the buyer lead game is like a nine month fucking train wreck for a lot of people without the right systems. But the seller lead game is a different story and there's not a better way to get seller leads. I don't think there is another way to get seller leads other than I'll buy your house. Yeah, it's, it's the easiest door opener. It's what we've used forever. I can't think of a piece of marketing material that I haven't put that on. So let's look at this. Why the hell are we as agents not just bird dogging or looking for deals for our investor buyers as a way to get ourselves inside the front door? And who cares who buys the freaking house? But Andrew says something else I want you guys to write down. He mentioned options. You're 100% right. When your only option is listing at 6%, I'm sorry you suck. Yep. <laughs> You're marketing higher. The highway anymore, right? Like you have to have options. So let's walk through this. How attractive is this? And this is what we were doing in, in Chicago before I left is like, we would seek out properties, development ops for our buyers, which gave us an excuse to market the house as a rehabber, essentially say, Hey, and I was just doing my job. I have a buyer that wants to buy your house legitimately. And I need to find a house to buy. I need to find some teardowns. Do you want to sell or not? This is my job. So it wasn't really like a hard sell. It was just a matter of you want to do it or not. Yeah. People who want to sell, Coming to two options. First, you're right. They either have to sell, and the people who are going to sell to it on a low price are going to sell to that price no matter what and no matter to who, because there's an outside circumstance. But once someone says, "I want 500 grand, not 400," it's just like, well, we could probably get you 520, but we just have to list it and go full market right, go the traditional route. But we always had options: buy now, list it, or fire sell it. We had three to four different options that they could have but that's what converted. 
Yeah. It's all in the education and making sure that they know that they have options. Because a lot of people, you know, they, they want to know what's out there. They also, they want to know that they're working with somebody who's, a, I call it a sugar puller. So if you can come in there and you have your investor lined up and you know what they'll pay for a house, you can say that you can buy it because you have a buyer that's going to do it. And it's just about that price working out. Zillow is not going to go buy a bunch of houses for way too much money. And unless they do it on accident, they're planning on doing it the right way. So there's no reason why you can't compete with them with local investors in your market or with your team, your brokerage. I mean, guys, like we're in real estate. You should be buying houses at discounts and selling them for more money. It's like buy low, sell high. Like this is, <laughs> I, I don't know how to... We don't have the same fears as the consumer base. So if we can offer them something that's advantageous to us and advantageous to them, why wouldn't you make money off of that? Totally. Uh, it's well, I think like, a lot of times that we're, our brains are trained to get highest and best price, but that's not always the case. I learned that firsthand in the short sale market, obviously, when price didn't matter. But a lot of people are in the same boat and we always are thinking we have to get highest and best. No, we have to do what the client wants. And sometimes that's a quick exit. So you should always have that solution. And yeah, if you guys aren't working with an investor, I believe you should. Your investor should be your best friend. Like they give you an excuse to find listings. That's the way you have to look at them. Not like they're going to take advantage of people that, because they don't have to buy the house. The seller can say no. Yeah. And the other thing too, is you can always present an offer. I mean, how many agents are walking in and presenting them an offer day one when they're trying to get the listing signed? Not that many. Not that many. That's just a plain fact. And yeah, the offer's low, but you're helping educate them towards a decision. I would say one out of 25 is going to take that low offer. Like you'd be shocked. You would be shocked. And if you're not shocked, you're not doing enough listing appointments. No, (laughs) that's just what it is. Folks, for those of you that are like buying leads, you've relied on lead purchased leads or other things you can't control. If you want to find a bunch of motivated sellers, copy what the investors do. Absentee owners, out of state owners, high equity properties. It's the same list that they've been competing against or that, that, that they all fight for. But now I think, what do you think is going to happen to the Zillows and the iBuyers competing now with local investors? Because that is competition for them. Yeah, I think there'll, there'll be some competition, but I do think that the riches are in the niches when it comes to investing. Zillow's not going to be able to go compete with me on, say, purchasing a property on 33rd versus 30th over in North Park because they're going to think it's worth the same amount on 33rd than it is on 30th. And I'm going to know that it's worth 100K more. Makes so sense. they're going to make those mistakes. They're going to, they're going to miss out on that low hanging fruit. They're, the home runs aren't going to be as apparent because now if you're in a tract, a housing tract, obviously you have this stuff that it's, it's very easy to put stuff in a box. Um, so yeah, they'll be competitive there. But outside of that, I think there's going to be missed options, missed opportunities. And I think there's actually going to be lessons learned by Zillow where they pull out of certain markets it's going to be interesting because they're going to have to rely on their teams too. Whoever's uh, decided to go over the dark side, um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, they're going to have like, to trust those teams. Let me. Uh, so one of the ways I've seen Andrew, I don't know how much you want to share of this or if we could share everything, but I've seen Andrew market a lot of his stuff recently on Hyperlocal. Uh, I saw you do it about a year and a half ago. And it's so important to leverage knowledge out of your investors, you guys, because they will create marketing opportunities for you. 
So about, was it about a year, year and a half or so in San Diego? And folks, I'm new out here, so I don't understand what a fucking granny flat is. But a granny flat is like a on property. It's like another dwelling on your unit. So it's basically like having an in-law suite, more or less, uh, in simple terms. But there was a zoning ordinance change or something like that that occurred. What was it, about a year, year and a half ago? And I remember you were using that as a way to get the phone to ring. So can you walk us through that? Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I used that to discuss and give people the option to find out more about granny flats and if their home was zoned for them. Um, used it as a way, I, I spoke on some panels, took some clips of that. It's always cool to have photos with you with a microphone in front of you. And saying that you're <laughs> like this one? Something. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> people, uh, it, it adds a level of credibility to you where people wanna, wanna show up. I also would talk about stuff in front of landmarks that were very significant. So in front of the North Park sign, in front of the Hillcrest sign, in front of the Normal Heights That's sign. The mayor. Yeah, so people would see those signs and realize I was talking to them. Yep. And then recently I, I just ran one that was rent control happened. So I ran something for finding out how your lease is in comparison to the new rent control rules. That was an opportunity for people to send me their leases so I could discuss it with them. How many people sent me their leases? I got four. That was four free leads off an Instagram post. And I had conversations with people that own multiple properties and want to invest in more property. And now I've, I've created a relationship. I will get deals from that. Guaranteed. So what other, and then recently there's a whole, it looks like there's a zoning. I understand what you're doing. I'm, I'm just, I know I'm reverse engineering what you're doing. I looked on your Instagram, but I know recently there's been a big zoning change. This happened in Chicago too. You know, everything is so dense. So if you had an R4 and a half lot versus an R3, the value is like $200,000 more or whatever it was. I forget offhand. But it's just because of what you could build there for highest and best use. So Andrew's finding all of these ins and outs. And I want you guys to think about this and think about the marijuana industry. For those of you that are in Illinois right now, and that shit's about to go legal in January, you know how many people's lands zoning is about to get changed for cultivation use and for recreational use and for distribution, the value of the properties just based on the zoning will can literally like double overnight just based upon what you can do on that land. Oh, yeah. Andrew's, Andrew's running a whole freaking campaign just talking out like that. But how many realtors are talking this way? Besides you and Matt Davies, I don't really see anybody. I was just going to say Matt Davies. <laughs> I don't see. Yeah. And you taught him. Yeah. And the funny thing is uh, we hang out once a week at a local taco shop. And uh, I guess every couple of weeks, but we hang out there on a regular basis and people walk up to an, us and ask us what's going on. Because you're creating so much hyper-local content. Yeah, just creating that vibe around it and then going out and offering people those opportunities. And then it's, it's also, so for me, I have two levels because I get a lot of calls from realtors that have tough listings that they can't get sold and they were incorrect on the zoning. So I'm able to write them an offer. I mean... So, you know, I go, oh, well, you're not marketing it this way. I'll write an offer at this price. Is that what you want? It's a totally different, totally different thing. It's amazing. <laughs> That's good. So, folks, you guys can leverage an investor for knowledge to create marketing material. You can leverage your investor to get the phone to ring, basically, because they want to buy properties. Who cares if they buy them or not? It's about creating the lead. But do not pretend you have an investor. I hate that. Yeah, you shouldn't you have to pretend. Yeah, you, you shouldn't, shouldn't have to. Guys, just don't, if you're a putz, then yeah, none of us are going to like you. 
Well, there's some people that I don't know any investors. I'm like, how do you not know a freaking investor? Like literally look on Facebook, like fortune builders has infiltrated every major metropolitan area. And literally there's an investor on every corner right now. It's almost like realtors, Mm -hmm. but it is true. You got to find the right ones. Mm -hmm. That is true. But having those conversations, going to your local REI group. I mean, if a realtor is in San Diego, I'd say come to Brew RE. There's probably 60 investors there. And the majority of them are actually doing stuff. And it's just like anything. Just put your BS detector on. Ask them to see if they've ever bought anything and then go from there. So, Wouldn't um, investors also maybe be interested in sort of maybe cross-marketing? Maybe you guys do a direct mail campaign together. And maybe, yeah. maybe yeah, I think that- hearing on the costs. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, there's so many other ways. What other creative ways have you worked with uh, some other agents? I want to give them some other outside the box ideas. Coming soon. It's a home run coming soon. Ooh. I got I got market. I got property that's in construction in this neighborhood. I'm going to do a walkthrough. If you'd like to get on the list to check it out early, give me a call. It's that's one of the easiest ways uh, outside of I can buy your house right now. That's a great way to get buyers. Because you're, you're showing access to inventory that isn't available anywhere else. Right. Now you've got the one up. Yeah. So that, I mean, lowest hanging fruit. You can always do direct mailers. The, the funny thing about direct mailing is if you do it, you'll have success. <laughs> Don't know how to explain it any way other than that. If you really do it for, I think it's like a 13-month threshold, in my opinion, you'll see success with it. I mean, I don't do it as much as I should. It's not the way I market as much, but I have had fantastic success with it. Uh, it's just like anything else though. I mean, if you don't follow up with them, once they come in, you're going to lose them. And if you expect to you know, do your first mailer blast and get anyone to reach out to you, other than the guy that tells you to take them off the list, you're kidding yourself. So set yourself up for long-term and uh, get that phone call three years down the road. And we've had this happen where someone's like, I kept your mail this whole time. They do. I don't, it's so weird. People, when we started, uh, here's a funny story. We started doing a lot of absentee owners. I had a cartoon on the branding and the the letters that performed the best were always the ones that had the cartoon on it. I didn't realize it till hindsight. I, I, again, this is theory, but I, I remember, and folks, you target old people. I'm just sorry. This is what it is. A lot of old people are the ones who respond to these ads are the ones who own the properties or out of state or whatnot or they're the distressed, but they'd always say the same thing. I don't know what was in the letter and what's on the marketing piece. I want to buy your house. That's it. Very simple guys. Don't overthink this. This isn't like, you don't need some like super duper sales. Super copy sentence. Yeah. They just say, I, my job is to find properties for an investor and we're looking in your areas or any chance you're looking to sell or know any of your neighbors who are, if there are, this isn't bullshit. This is honest. Got true. Contact me this number. That's it. Handwritten note. But I know what it was. It was the cartoon because they're like, I don't know what stuck out about this, but yours is just different because you got to remember there's a lot of clutter in these direct mails too. You have to stand out from the 50 other investors doing the same thing. But it was interesting. The cartoon really, I felt like built rapport with them. They felt trust instantly with it. And that's just branding. And and then they would show up six months down the road. You're like, oh, that campaign didn't work. And like, why did you save this letter? And people save that letter the same reason we save coupons. Yep. We may save money down the road. So I might as well keep my 20% off here. In their minds, they're sort of like, well, why not? If we, if if shit hits a fan, maybe I'll sell. Let's keep this dude's fucking letter right here. That's the same thing. Yep. And and you have to slowly burn into somebody's head that you're around. I also tell people it's important in a way you want to be the cool, busy, 
hip on top of it guy for a lot of these people because they want the best guy or gal representing them. Yeah. So having all the info, having all the connections, knowing people, not BSing. I have people that ask me for referrals for stuff all the time. I go out of my way to make sure I can get somebody a referral. As soon as I get somebody a referral, they're in my network. And it also trains them for giving me referrals. <laughs> we were at the same mastermind a couple of weeks ago. I have a feeling that Andrew is going to buy someone a spa soon, send it to him in the mail, but we'll see uh, when that happens. Let's keep that case study. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's an inside story there. Um, Andrew, anything else that you want to uh, go ahead and add in um, investors? If you're a realtor right now, what's your 2020 biggest thing to do in regards to investors? Biggest thing to do, I would say, is build an Instagram based on content, based on solid content, whatever your pro level deal is, build it up. If you want to check out how I'm doing mine, I post every day now, <laughs> but it's a realty entrepreneur. Uh, check me out. You can see how I do it, realizing that I'm primarily an investment and development guy. So my posts are going to be directed towards that but just how to drop value, how to go from there. And uh, really just build that up. Become friends with people before they even know they've met you. Oh, and one other thing, and I've been saying this a lot lately, try and figure out two people every week that you want to take out to lunch and pay for because those are the people that are going to bring you leads. Totally. You got to give the get, guys. Um, Andrew, go ahead and plug your shit. Let people know how they can find you. Again, go ahead and plug your channel, any website, whatever you want to do, and we'll get this wrapped up. Yeah, Realty Entrepreneur at uh, Instagram. Um, I'm on YouTube. At, I think I'm Andrew Greer. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know. And then uh, you can always hit me up on Facebook. Andrew Greer, Thomas, not Sean. Sean's a musician. I am a uh, developer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dude. We'll appreciate your insight, man. Folks, embrace these investors. They're already here. More importantly, they give you a better value add when you're working with the right one. If you're in the San Diego area, Andrew Greer is probably one of the top guys in the market here. Definitely reach out to him, shoot him some deals. But appreciate your insight, dude. And we appreciate you guys listening to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. You guys know where to find us. It's very, very easy. You know what we do too. And if you don't know, here's what we do. We build your brand with video and make you unforgettable so that people return to you and send you business. That's that simple. And we show you how to do it all on your cell phone without breaking the bank. If you're interested in that, I have a ton of free training on my website. Go ahead and visit it, www.realestatemarketingdude.com. I'll be happy to answer any questions you have and walk you through sort of how this whole thing works. It's no longer a matter of should I get on video? It's a matter of if you don't, someone else is. So get on video before they do, folks. And follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, therealestatemarketingdude.com. Andrew, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. I'll see you soon, my friend. Bye, right, later. Bye-bye. Today's episode may be over, but we have plenty more to keep you busy. To get your complete blueprint for building out a real marketing plan for your real estate business, head over to realestatemarketingdude.com and see if you have what it takes to really become more than just a typical agent. Are you the next real estate marketing dude? Find out here next time on Real Estate Marketing Dude.